Cheers to you, my brilliant friend, and welcome to the Intelligent Intoxication Podcast, where I'll get you smashed on success without the buzzkill of burnout. Welcome back, everyone. So over the last couple of days, we have been diving into the results that I got from taking Joanna Kleinman's Inner Critic Assessment. So far, I have talked about the restless inner critic, the inadequate inner critic, the perfectionist inner critic. Today, I want to talk to you about the guilty inner critic. When I took the assessment, I believe in this area, I scored a 25%, which basically means, to my understanding, that twenty about 25% of the, the indicators, the things shared about this inner critic resonated with me. Okay. So I want to share with you some of the things I learned, right? Here is the hallmark of this type of inner critic. Always feeling like everything is your fault, that you are to blame for not just your own problems, but for everybody's problems. You've always done something wrong. You've done something bad. It is very easy with this type of inner critic to get into this black and white thinking where you're either right or wrong or good or bad. Okay. And because of this, it's very difficult to offer yourself any forgiveness or compassion. And you may be in the habit of trying to get attention and affection from others to meet your emotional needs by people-pleasing, rescuing, or flattering others. And it's very easy for you to lose sight of your own needs. In other words, you are meeting the needs of others at your own expense because you are so afraid of appearing selfish. Okay. Here's something else that's really interesting about this flavor of inner critic. One of your deepest fears is for someone else to be disappointed in you. And just a reminder, if people are disappointed, basically what that means is what they wanted and expected didn't happen or what they didn't want and they didn't expect did happen. That's all the disappointment means. However, with this kind of inner critic, if someone is disappointed in you, you are very likely to make it mean that not just that you're guilty of something, but that you are a bad something. You're a bad daughter, a bad student, a bad friend, a bad spouse, a bad mother or father or whatever it may be. And anytime we tip into that bad, good, right, wrong, we are queuing up the shame and that doesn't serve anyone. Okay. Here's another couple of things to share about this type of inner critic. Always thinking about worst case scenarios, about dangers, about what could possibly go wrong. Your mind is never at rest. Someone does or says something and you get suspicious of them and you make it mean something not so great about them and how they feel about you or about you, right? You may also notice that you feel very unloved unloved, or very flawed or inferior, right? Or incompetent. Um, And again, so much of that you are basing on how other people respond or react to you. 
right? It's like you are taking your cue from others to determine your worth and value in any given moment, right? This is so, so fascinating. So here are some of the things that resonated with me. And these are like thoughts, things that that I might subconsciously be thinking at times. And if I'm aware that, you know, if I cue in that this is what's going on, I can kind of manage it. I've gotten really good about this first one, but I didn't used to be. Not saying no and saying yes instead because I didn't want to disappoint people, right? Because then that meant that they would be upset with me and then they might reject me or exclude me, okay? Being constantly aware again of, oh my gosh, that person's disappointed in me, right? Or here's another interesting thing, avoiding conflict, any conflict or any confrontation or any difficult conversation because you might offend the other person or you might hurt the other person's feelings and then they are not going to like or love you anymore. And this may have developed because you may have been in some sort of a relationship growing up where love and acceptance was very conditional and it was very transactional and you weren't unconditionally loved or unconditionally accepted. It was very much based on how much you pleased and avoid disappointing your caregivers or parents or mentors, right? It's just something to be really aware of here. Um, If you have this flavor of inner critic, you might be waiting for the other shoe to drop. You might be experiencing something really great and really peaceful and really fun, and then you're always on the lookout for what could go wrong right? You might have a very deep-rooted fear of failure. Because again, if you are so attached to what other people think and feel about you, if you fail, they may think that you're what? Inadequate, inferior, incompetent, a total dumbass. Like really, really just get curious about that, right? So some of the things you might be feeling if like me, you have a touch of this type of inner critic, right? There are times when I, and I'm getting a lot better about this, but I wouldn't allow myself to feel angry or bitter or resentful because I didn't think I had a right to. And here's what's really interesting is just last week I had something come up. I had something come up with in a relationship and I was sharing with a friend that I felt really disappointed and I felt very hurt and almost like overlooked and unimportant, all the things, right? And immediately where my mind went was, well, Terry, when have you made other people feel that way? So it was almost like just feeling those feelings, my guilty inner critic jumped in and said, no, 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 you're not perfect. So I had a little of the perfectionist inner critic there too. So therefore you don't have a right to feel this way because you have made other people feel this way. Okay. Isn't that fascinating? But I caught it. That's the, that's the goal here, guys, is not to erase these thoughts and these feelings, but to catch them as soon as they start so that you can manage them right? That is the win, is that awareness and being able to catch it, right? Sooner rather than later. Something else I've noticed is, gosh, getting, if you have a strong fear of failure, you're going to be really overwhelmed when making decisions, especially if you view decisions as right or wrong, rather than as, okay, if I make this decision, I might get these results. And if I make this decision, I might get different results. 
you might get very overwhelmed with your decision making. I used to be that way. I am not that way anymore because I know how to make decisions now in my body and I don't let my inner critic influence my decision making, right? Here's another here's another trigger for someone with a guilty inner critic. Someone else calling you selfish. This is something that I've really had to come to grips with and manage in my life because I've had a couple of people close family members refer to me as selfish when I was advocating for my own needs. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. And it used to be that I wouldn't advocate for my own needs because I didn't want anyone to think I was selfish. And then I started practicing saying what I needed or what I didn't need or what I wanted or what I didn't want. And then I would be called selfish and sometimes I would kind of abort the mission and backpedal. And then I got a little better at just knowing it was going to feel really uncomfortable, but I was going to do it anyways, even if I was called selfish. And now I kind of have fully embraced being selfish as a badge of honor, because if I am being selfish, it means that I am prioritizing myself. And here's the thing, guys. Unless you are like a freaking narcissist, being selfish is a gift you give yourself and others because if you are willing to prioritize your needs, you are going to honor it when other people do the same. It's not about, oh, I think my needs are important and yours aren't. It's never about that. If you prioritize yours, you're going to want the people in your life to prioritize theirs. It is mutually, that was hard to spit out, beneficial, right? So here's something else that I noticed about this is you may notice that you really strive to keep the peace in your relationships, right? And because of that, you might be overly accommodating. You may also notice that you have a habit of using the word good a lot, trying to be a good friend, a good wife, a good daughter, a good mother, father, boss, whatever it may be. And I would challenge you to drop that word. I would come up with something more nuanced or more specific. So for example, instead of telling yourself you're not a good daughter, maybe you say, actually, I'm committed to being a loving daughter a kind daughter, a present daughter, a helpful daughter. Do you see the difference? Because good, oof, that is such a murky word and it has so much shame potential attached to it. I'm just going to say, drop it, just drop it. So I gave you so many things on this front to think about, right? Let's talk about how this type of inner critic may have developed when you were young, because I think it's really important to understand this part. You may have grown up in a family where you only got attention if you were helping or serving others, or if you were anticipating the needs of others. So you may connect meeting your emotional needs by first having to be of service. You may also have gotten the messaging that it wasn't okay and it wasn't safe for you to be authentically who you are. And remember with authenticity, it's not just about what makes you different, your gifts and talents and getting to show up and serve. And I don't mean 
serve in like a subservient way, but like offer your gifts and talents to others. It also means that you get to be in touch with your body and your needs. And when you say, no, I don't like this, this doesn't feel right to me, it's honored and respected. And oftentimes we grow up in situations where that does not happen. Okay. So a lot to think about here. So just get curious about how big of a part this guilty inner critic might play in your life or specifically in your mind. Again, I strongly encourage you to go take that inner critic assessment. You'll find the link in my show notes. In the meantime, deeply grateful that you're here. Have an intoxicating rest of your day and I will be back tomorrow with the fifth flavor of inner critic, which is the victim. Ooh, should be good, right? All right. Have a good one. Hey, my friend, if you're thirsty for more than this daily shot and ready to intoxicate the hell out of your personal or professional life, I'd love to invite you to coach one-on-one with me. It all starts with a complimentary happy hour call. Head on over to terrybradway.com. That's Terry with two R's and an I. Bradway, spelled just the way that it sounds. Once you get there, my friend, click on the Work with Terry button and we'll take it from there. Thanks for listening and have an amazing day.